You're listening to episode number 253, and today is the second lesson inside that sneak peek of Health Made Simple. And I have to say, it is one of my favorite lessons of all time. This is the Made for Living Well podcast, hosted by Alexa Sherm, the place to create a life well-lived. Welcome back to this podcast. As always, my name's Alexa, and this is a place where I believe you were made for living well. In fact, I think health should be simple. We've just complexified it to the point where it feels impossible. But it's not intended to be that way, and it doesn't have to stay that way. And that's what I want to share with you inside this podcast and Health Made Simple. Because I believe you have everything you need to live healthy. It's inside of you. You just need help living it out which is quite the twist from the traditional view of health, but I promise it's not as difficult to change those beliefs as you think. In fact, once you realize and you experience lasting health or you experience health within you on a daily basis, you start to crave it and desire it, and things start to just naturally fall into place. It really is a beautiful thing, and it does take what's complex and makes it simple. At the end of the day, our job is not to change our body, but to support it. And today, inside Lesson 2, the little sneak peek inside Health Made Simple, we're talking about one of my favorite lessons. This is actually going to link the mind to the body, helping you understand that your body is not acting alone, which honestly makes sense as to why all of the equations in the health space, like eliminating macronutrients or calories in equals calories out doesn't work over the long haul because your mind and what you think matters more than what you eat. In fact, it's changing what your body does with what you eat. This lesson is truly the climax of health, and we have to understand this in order to understand how to work with our bodies, how to support them, and really how to unleash this flood of energy that makes health simple. So I hope you love this lesson, and if you do, I would encourage you to check out Health Made Simple because After this lesson, things really heat up inside Health Made Simple, and it gets really good. So if you want to learn more about Health Made Simple, what it is, find it over at thelivingwell.com. But just to be a little bit more specific, I'm going through this round of Health Made Simple with you, which means you have all of the videos, all of the handouts, all of the help sheets forever, but you also get additional live help over the eight-week period of Health Made Simple. There's eight lessons. I mean, you can batch them. You can go at at your own speed. But over eight weeks, I will be joining you live once or twice a week where we dig into health a little bit more deeply and also have plenty of time to answer all of your questions and help create a personalized health blueprint that works for you. So inside Health Made Simple, you're going to dive into metabolism like we talked about last week, the mindset, inflammation, our hormones, feelings and emotions. Um, fascia and hydration, and so much more. It really is the full picture of health, and it's all inside a community where you get the videos, the handouts, the bonus lessons, and also one-on-one help with me. So if you want to learn more about Health Made Simple, head on over to thelivingwell.com. Check it out. I think you're going to love it. Plus, there's some pretty amazing bonus lessons this session, including the Hormone Reset, which is launching this summer. You get insider access to that inside this class. So check that out over at thelivingwell.com. And in the meantime, enjoy this lesson, helping you to see what you actually get inside Health Made Simple. And even if you don't want to join, 
I hope you can take these lessons and do something with them to create change in your own life. Here's lesson two. I hope you enjoy. Welcome back to another lesson on Health Made Simple. Today, we're on lesson two. And if I'm honest, this is one of my favorite lessons. I think it's one of the most mind-blowing, but also it's one that so often gets shoved under the rug when it comes to health, but this makes all the difference. So today we're going to talk about the stories we tell ourselves and the emotional value on energy. Now, down here there's a statistic that about 70% of our total energy is emotional, which might be hard to believe, but at the same time, I think if we really pay attention to our overall energy level and the things that are influencing if our energy tank is full or if it's depleted, a lot of times that's just going to come back to thoughts and emotions that are circulating within our mind, right? Like think about someone you encountered today and whether they were positive or negative and how their attitude influenced your own. I know for me, when my kids wake up in a bad mood and they're grumpy, oftentimes I will allow their exhaustion, their, uh, what do I want to say, their negative emotions to influence my own energy level, and morning can be exhausting. But on the flip side, when everyone is in a good mood, everyone wakes up happy, we have plenty of energy, and we get things done twice as quickly, and we actually enjoy the time that we have together. So emotions greatly influence our own energy levels, and we know this for ourselves, right? The days when we feel anxious or um, emotional or frustrated or angry or guilty, those things alone can actually be quite exhausting. And so this lesson is really one of the most important because when it comes to energy fillers, things that actively fill our energy tank and things that take it away, yes, we can talk about food because food is going to make us feel good and light and energized or heavy, but the biggest influencing factor on our energy level and the things that are most likely to fill your energy tank are the things that are going to give you energy, the things that create positive, happy, joy-filled emotions in your life, things that you actively like doing. And that's why when we get in the cycle of health, if you don't enjoy the things that you do, if the things that are quote-unquote healthy but are causing you more stress, they can actually be causing you more harm than good. And sometimes it's just our perspective of health, our perspective of ourselves, that actually keeps us stuck spinning in the same cycles over and over. So today I'm gonna to teach you about the power of your mind, how your brain creates stories, and why this is so important. Because if you can start to do something different with the way that you think and the way that you feel, you'll actually create a different biological process inside your body. Now, if we go back to lesson number one, like I said, these are all going to build on each other because it's all about a measure of energy and determining what your body is going to do with what you give it based on the homeostatic level that it's trying to maintain. It's trying to maintain a balance of energy. And one of the best ways to do that or to change that is based on our perspective of what's happening inside of our mind. So if you've ever heard, this is just kind of like a fun thing. If you've ever heard of someone who said, I feel like I can look at a piece of cake and gain weight. That actually can happen. Um, it's really frustrating and not something that we want to see, but it all has to do with the thought process inside of our mind and how it's either using energy or conserving energy. 
So just to give you an example, if we have a bad view of food and the influence that food is having on our lives, right? Like if we think I want the cake, but I can't eat the cake because the cake's going to make me fat, that becomes a threat inside of your mind. Remember, our body is either working on a threat or safety. It prefers safety when it can live in this open, relaxed, thriving state is what we call it in Health Made Simple, or a threat creates survival, which is going to signal to your body to store, hoard, and conserve all energy, which literally means you're going to store, hoard, and conserve body fat because body fat is a storage form of energy. It's what our body likes to hold onto and create when it's threatened. So if you look at a piece of cake and you feel like you can't consume that because it's not good for you and it's going to cause guilty feelings, you're essentially creating a threat inside of yourself. You become your own threat. Therefore, it changes your biology to take those emotions and convert that energy back into body fat stores. Now, obviously, you can't just say, I literally thought myself heavy, but there is some research coming out that that very well could be the case. The majority of people who are overweight or obese did not actually consume the calories it would have taken to get themselves there. In a lot of cases, it was a thought process or a story that's been on repeat in their mind that has allowed their body to protect itself by conserving body fat. That's why I like to believe that no one And I mean, no one got to an unhealthy weight on purpose. There was always reason, and oftentimes there was always um, some kind of an emotional scar that led to the protective mechanism of putting on extra body weight. It is a safety mechanism of the body. It's not something necessarily that we should hate, but learn to respect. And when we can learn to respect it, we can learn to work with it. So today I want to tell you about the stories we tell ourselves and the belief systems that we've created and why these are so, so, so important inside of the body. Because again, they're dictating 70% of your total energy level. So this stuff is really important. So we just want to break down the body and why it's not just about the food that we eat and the exercise that we do is because those two things would be considered our action steps. The problem with this method and when we talk about behavior modification is that we fail to put into place the belief system and the thought process or our emotions behind the action that we do. And the problem with that is that it's our belief and our thoughts that actually determine the course of action. So yes, there is a time and a place when we can insert some kind of behavior modification. You might have cut calories for a period of time or tried eliminating macronutrients. But probably what you found over the course of that is that while it worked initially, in the long term, it didn't because what happens is eventually you exhaust yourself, you decrease your energy level so much that your beliefs and your thoughts about who you are and what you're capable of override the behavior modification and you start taking action that always goes back to your belief system. So yes, we can hack into the system, but generally what I want you to know and the way that your body works is that you have an overarching belief system about what you believe about yourself, what you believe about the world, what you believe about everything, right? It is our beliefs that actually dictate and help determine the thoughts that we have. And those thoughts create our action and the action creates the outcome. 
This is why I'm such a believer in the mind-body-soul connection because it's truly our soul. Um, Some people want to say that faith-based element, but we're really specifically going to talk basically about what you believe about yourself today, which could be based in faith as well or should be based in faith, and how that changes your thought patterns, which changes your actions, which change your outcome. Literally, your body's response is always the outcome. It is the bottom of the tier that's being dictated by these other components. So yes, you might want to lose some weight. Yes, you might want to get your hormones back in place. Yes, you might want to increase your metabolism. But what you must know is the influencing factor over whether those things change for good or for bad actually stems from these two responses that are happening inside of your body. And that's why the stories you tell yourself are so critical and change. It's not just behavior modification. If behavior modification worked long-term, we would not be teaching this class because the calories in equals calories out equation would have worked. It's so easy to count. There's a million apps that will do it for you. But the reason it doesn't work is because if you don't believe yourself capable of getting healthy, if you don't believe that you can have positive thoughts, if you don't believe that there's hope for your life, in the end, you're going to keep circling back around into negative patterns that keep you stuck. Now, you might think, wow, I'm already doing that. And honestly, I think everyone does at some point. I think it is a learned response. And I don't want to say learned response. It's the natural response of the body. We have to unlearn or retrain our brain out of it. And the reason this happens, the reason that our body circles through negative patterns over and over and over, what we call negative feedback loops, is because negativity is a survival response. It's not a thriving response, but it is a survival response. That's why it's easier to see negative things or to hear negative things or to be a part of negative things than it is to be a part of positive things. It's a survival response. So the more apt you are to fall into negative thinking, the more apt you are to see negative things because this creates patterns inside your body. You're going to hear me use the word patterns over and over and over because as we talked about Even in the live class this week about our body creates patterns and cycles and consistency. Even if it's not healthy, a pattern is still a response in survival. So it will create survival patterns if we live in negativity too long, which means we're more prone to see negative things, which means we're more prone to talk negatively about ourselves, and we're more prone to stay stuck cycling in the things that we hate. Why? Because sometimes the things that we hate have been the things that have kept us safe. And I didn't mean for that to rhyme, but it was just a lucky draw. But the things that we hate often are the very things that have kept us safe. Remember, your body is working on safety. And it will only change when it feels like it's been, um, when it's in a safe enough environment to produce that change. So safety and comfort um, and positivity are all things that we have to continuously retrain our body to know that we're creating a safe environment free of threats and that if threats do arise, we know personally how to deal with those and how to create safety within ourselves regardless of what's going on in the world outside of us. So it's really this internal thing that we have to constantly be working on and why so many external thought processes or so many external measurements don't work 
is because the external is really outside of our control. The only thing that we can control is our view or our perspective of what's going on. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So I just want to be clear. If you feel like you keep wanting to do things, but you find yourself stuck in the same patterns you can't get yourself out of, it's because that pattern has been safe. Even though you hate it, even though you don't like it, it has kept you safe. And therefore, your body will continuously circle and cycle through those feedback loops until you create a new story of safety, until you create a new story that allows you to create change in a safe environment and step away from the negative feedback loops to move into the positive. But it always has to be safety, which really means we have to change our view and our perspective of the emotions that we have. Now, before we get into the stories we tell ourselves, I want to quickly um, define the difference between an emotion and a thought or in a feeling. And this is important because everything in life is producing an emotion within us. Everything is emotional to us. That's how humans um, respond to life. That is our very essence of life is it's all based on an emotion. Every single thing is emotional. Now, we might not want to believe that because we don't like to talk about our emotions, but truly everything that we encounter in life is inducing some kind of emotional response, and that emotion is dictating our thought process and our actions, which creates our outcome. So it doesn't matter what it is, even if you think you can numb those emotions or you've suppressed those emotions or you're relatively emotionless, we actually are all living based off of emotion. So emotion is the control center of the body. It's it's really, um, I don't want to say it's the control center. That's not true. But everything that we encounter in life is, is inducing some kind of emotion. Now, what's interesting about an emotion is that we all feel them and generally humans feel the exact same emotions. Science has found that there's about 27 different emotions in the English language. And like I said, all things induce some kind of emotion within us. Whether that's the food that we eat, yes, eating is emotional, food is emotional, or the people we encounter, the work that we do, um, the emotion that we experience when we wake up or work out, all of everything we do is creating an emotion. Now, emotion is different than a feeling. Those two things are not the same. And this is a really, really, really important note to write down. Emotions, while everyone experiences them and often in the same situation experience the exact same emotion, how we vary and why we react in different ways is because an emotion is going to get transferred into a feeling. So while we all have the same emotions, we are all changing the perspective inside of our mind to create a feeling. Now, in the English language, there's estimated 550-some-odd definitions or words for different feelings. So there's a whole slew of different feelings we could be experiencing, meaning if everyone is experiencing the same emotion of anger, someone might take that anger and turn it into a feeling of Um, anxiety, or they might take that emotion of anger and turn it into a feeling of challenge or of optimism. So we can take the same emotion and based on a perspective, you'll change that emotion into a feeling. And it's the feeling that you experience 
that's going to change your biology. It's going to determine whether you're living in a safe environment of of thriving or whether you're living in a negative environment of surviving. And again, it's what state based on the the emotion, based on the perspective of that emotion that creates the feeling that's going to determine your biology. So our biology is literally run off of our feelings. And the feelings is just a perspective or your own ideas of what actually that emotion is. So we all experience the same emotion, but our perspective, our thought process, our belief system, our stored memories, all are going to determine a different feeling. And that feeling is going to dictate or be the control panel for what state of the body you're in. Meaning your feelings are going to change the level of energy inside of your body, whether your body needs to conserve that energy or whether it's open and free to let that energy go to be used in positive ways. Again, this is really, really, really important because what this tells us is while everything is emotional, we don't necessarily have control over what emotion we experience, but we do have control, 100% control, over the feelings that we feel. And even if it's a negative emotion, if we change our perspective to feel a different way about that, we can keep ourselves in this thriving state. Now, of course, we're talking about feelings, and feelings deserve to be justified. Feelings deserve to be felt. We hear all of these things, right? And I don't disregard any of that. Yes, feelings deserve to be acknowledged. But we have to be really, really, really careful about accepting a feeling as true. Because as soon as we accept that feeling as truth, as soon as we justify the way that it is that we feel, we automatically start processing through that emotion as the story that we tell ourselves, as the biological pattern that we'll live in. So let's just say you get frustrated, right? Because you can't lose weight. You step on the scale, which is going to induce an emotion, Probably not a great emotion for the majority of us. I don't know anyone who loves to step on the scale or who has positive emotions based on the number on the scale. So you step on the scale and you might feel defeated or you might feel frustrated. Based on that number, you're going to create a perspective shift inside of your mind that's going to create a feeling. And that feeling, right, if you have that emotion that's frustrated and then you create a feeling based on that that's like, oh, I'm never going to be anything or feelings of a failure and inadequacy, um, feelings of sadness or loneliness. Like there's all kinds of feelings could be generated from that. What you're going to do is based on a specific number, you're going to take that information and you're going to completely change the biological patterns inside your body to be that of thriving or surviving. If you have negative feelings, it automatically becomes a threat inside your body, meaning your energy level is going to decrease and your body's going to work to store, hoard, and conserve energy even if it's there, right? Even if you have an abundance of energy, in that moment of standing on the scale, you can completely change the flow of energy inside your body to be channeled into a storage mechanism where you feel more exhausted, where you feel like you're craving all the food in the world, where you feel like you want to go back to bed or crawl in a hole, rather than changing your perspective of that feeling or changing your perspective of that emotion to feel something that's more empowering or more challenging to make you want to take the steps to change. 
Now, I wish I could see your reaction right now because I, I really hope this is all making sense. This is a big, big, big deal because if I can help you change your perspective of what's happening in the world around us to be more positive, to be um, something that actually serves you and fills your body, man, we can change so much because if I can help you change your biology by changing your emotion, this is going to last. This is not simple behavior modification, but it's truly tapping into what is it that you're telling yourself? What are those thoughts and those beliefs you have about yourself? And if you can change those beliefs, you can change every single pattern inside of your body without ever changing the food that you eat or the movement that you do. Literally, you can change your body by just changing the stories you tell yourselves. Which brings me back to the stories. So we know that we have a perspective, right? We know that our responsibility is this perspective. Are you going to be great at it 100% of the time? Does this mean you'll never feel bad things? No, right? It's understanding those things. And when we get into the action part of this lesson, I'll tell you how to um, make sure that while you might feel it, you don't have to justify it or accept it. So we'll talk more about that. But this perspective is essentially a story that you tell yourself. Your perspective of the emotion or your perspective of what's happening in the world around you or in your own body or what you believe about yourself is essentially a story that you've created. It's a story that has some kind of meaning um, and end, uh, an ending, right? Um, and so let me try to explain this. So uh, there's power of stories. So inside of your brain, you're not just feeling things. You have stories that create and entice an emotion that make you believe that feeling, which change your biology. So a story that we tell ourselves is it happens inside of our brain. So we have the start of a story, like when you step on the scale, um, and then it starts to create and pull in feedback or uh, characters or, right, like you need structure to a story. So you can't just have a thought without producing some kind of story based on that. So what happens inside of our brain is our body starts pumping out adrenaline to capture your attention. It puts energy into the story and it creates uh, or pulls from stored memories, stored feedback to create a story. Now, what happens inside of our brain with outside stories, say you're reading a book and it's a to be continued or you're watching a show that's to be continued. Our mind hates to be continued. That's not how our mind works and they do it uh, stories, uh, TV shows, movies, they do this because they know that your brain hates un unfinished stories. And it will always come back for more. It will always come back to understand the ending because our minds are meaning machines. Creating meaning behind a thought is like the, the biggest point that our brain is trying to make. It is, it creates understanding, it creates purpose, it creates meaning. That is what our brain is working for. So we can't have an unfinished story. In fact, if the story ends and it's like a to be continued, oftentimes your brain will finish that story. It will fill in the missing components based on what you perceive to be true. Again, this is based on a perspective. So say you're stepping on the scale at the beginning of this journey and you're really here because you actually want to change. You wanna make progress, you wanna do things differently and you step on the scale. This, the moment you step on the scale and see that number, you're going to have an emotion. You're probably not going to necessarily name the emotion, 
but that emotion is going to start creating a perspective inside of your brain. This is where your body builds a story based on whatever it is that you're doing. So you step on the scale and you have an emotion. This emotion captures your attention and your body starts pumping adrenaline in. It starts pumping energy into the story and it's going to start to create a foundation of something that you can stand on. A thought isn't just a thought. It has to have structure. It has to have meaning. It has to have stability in order to become a story that you act out of. So your body's going to start pumping in all this information and it's going to start creating a story. Now, the problem is, is that most of the time when you're starting out on a journey, the story isn't finished. Your story isn't over. We just started this journey. Unfortunately, your body hates that. It hates the unknown destination of where you're going. And so your body often will fill in, it always fills in the missing pieces to create a perspective of, of where you think you'll end. So even though we're here in the story, right? And next week we'll be here and the next week we'll be here and the next week we'll be here. What's happened is, is your body's already created the finish. It's already finished the loop. And the problem with this is that your body finishes and closes loops based on perspectives, based on false ideas, not on reality. Because the reality is, is that you haven't finished the story. So why is your body creating and finishing a story for you? because that creates the vision of the action that you'll take. It's a safety mechanism inside of the body. So your body finishes the story. Where you can come in and where action is gonna take place is once we understand that our brain is finishing and closing loops for us, that we can come in and we can recognize just because I've believed that story in the past, just because my ending has always been, you'll try this, but you'll fail. You've done this before. You've never made this work. You can't do it. You're always the same. You'll always be here. You're destined for inflammation and chronic pain forever. Your body has probably used those stories in the past to finish those loops. It's taken past beliefs and creating an ending, a false ending that isn't true. When we allow our brain to do this, we will always act out of the ending that you have created. Meaning you might try and you might try and you might try, but eventually you will always fall back into your negative patterns. You might want to eat healthy, but midday through the day, you're gonna reach for that candy because on some level, you've believed all along that you've never been capable of this. You've created the story that you're going to fail And you're going to then take action in those negative thought process to make that true. Even if you've never failed or even if you don't know you're going to fail, you will take action in the negative way to make yourself fail because you've created a belief behind that. Is that making sense? I hope so. We can talk about this more in the live class. But I want to be clear. You don't have to believe the endings that are not true. And the best way to change your perspective is to go back in and put truth where your brain has finished stories that have not even ended. And we're going to talk about that in the lesson that is all about, or in the next lesson, which is creating the action behind this. But I just want to be clear one more. I'm going to explain this in one more way. Again, your mind is created to finish stories, but we have to be responsible for changing the ending. We have to paint a better picture and create new belief systems that change the vision of where we're capable of going, 
creating more positive feedback loops, which in the end are going to lead to positive action. Remember, if you finish the story to believe that you're never going to get there, that this is just another thing, you might not want to believe it yet, but if those are having, if you're having brief thoughts about those, or you're using those as, as um, feedback or supporting evidence to your story, more than likely you're taking unnecessary negative action simply because the negative action is supporting the ending of the story that you've already created. You have to change the ending. You have to change those thought processes to create something new. And in the new, you'll start to take more positive action. Let me explain it in one more way before I end this little lesson. So every time that we have a thought, our brain has to do something with that. So think about all the information you're not even aware of that's surrounding you right now, right? Like we're taking in constantly like mass amounts of information all day long based on our surroundings, based on what we're experiencing, but there's very few things that actually become a thought. And the reason those things that do become a thought are the things that capture your attention. So your mind is constantly being filled with things, like even things in your environment, like look around at so many things you're not even aware of in this moment. But as soon as something captures your attention, it becomes a thought. And the way that your mind captures your attention, it starts to put energy into it, or it's a threat. Again, why we see more negative things based on a survival But essentially, it's anything that your body captures your attention and it starts to pump energy into. So you have a thought. Now, a thought is just something floating around in your brain. It has to have meaning behind it in order for it to become a story and in order for it to influence your life. So just because you have a thought doesn't mean it's true, doesn't mean it has to influence your life, and it doesn't mean it's something that you have to act on. A lot of times we do because we don't know that. But a thought is just a thing until you give it meaning. And this is, this is going to be a big point in your action step. This is why it's really important to not justify or accept all thoughts as true. So a thought is just a thing. But as soon as you, uh, it captures your attention, you have a choice. Are you going to dismiss it or are you going to act in it? And those are the only two choices that we have with a thought. And if you're going to dismiss it, then the thought goes away and your mind is clear until another thought comes in. And this is kind of like an all day um, thing that we deal with. It doesn't have to be stressful or overwhelming. It might be at first, but you'll learn how to just process through things very quickly without really even understanding or paying attention. It'll happen in your subconscious. But when a thought um, becomes something you want to act in, when it captures enough of your attention, it becomes something that you want to do something with. What happens is your brain has to start building a support structure to make this thought be true. A thought without support is not anything, right? Your body will just dismiss it. It'll go and you probably won't pay attention to it again. But as soon as it becomes something that you want to act in, as soon as it becomes a problem or something that you want to um, to Um, continue to give your attention to and continue to give your energy to, it has to start creating supporting evidence. Where thoughts get supporting evidence is going to be in what's happening in the world around you. Um, So your current life. But it's also going to get most of its supporting evidence from belief systems, what it is that you believe about yourself, from supporting evidence, what other people have said about you, 
and from stored memories, what's been done in the past. So your brain is going to start to pull from past memories, past emotions, from belief systems that you've created or that you've believed, from what's happening in the world around you, and it's going to determine, based on these things, whether that thought has structure, whether that thought is true. If your mind creates these patterns like this scaffolding system in your brain and the thought gets bigger and bigger, the more energy and attention you'll give it and the more likely you are to act out of it. If your brain can't come up with enough supporting evidence to make that feel true, your brain and body will get rid of it. Your brain hates lies. It just does. You can't lie to it. That's why just trying to think more positive doesn't work because if your body doesn't believe you're actually positive or those positive thoughts are true, it will dismiss it. So it has to have enough supporting evidence to create truth within that thought, which then allows you to act out of it. So again, a thought is just a thing until we start to give it attention, until we start to give it energy, and we start to pull in all of the supporting evidence to create structure and scaffolding inside your brain. Now, the good news is, is if this is positive, then you're going to create positive action and your bi- biology is going to change to be more positive. Unfortunately, a lot of the times that we have, or unfortunately, a lot of the times our thoughts are not always positive, right? These are the things that we want to change. These are the stories that we've told ourselves that are not positive, that are not helpful, and that keep us stuck cycling in these negative feedback loops. So how you change this is you have to come back in and you have to understand what is it that I believe about myself? What is the supporting evidence that I've gained to create that story? Maybe it's stored memories, right? Things that have happened in my past, things that people have told me in my past, things that are happening in the world around me, and recognizing Are those things even true? And are they helpful? And if they're not helpful and if they're not true, then why am I using it to build negative thought processes to make them seem true when actually I can dig back in and I can take my feeling brain and connect it with my thinking brain and put some rationale behind this to recognize that while I might have believed that in the past, this is what is true. And I do not have to believe these same negative cycles over and over and over again that keep me stuck acting in a negative way and leave me frustrated and overwhelmed that I can never make progress. What we have to do is we have to learn to stop this negative thought process from happening and insert truth. We have to learn to let go of thoughts that do not serve us and provide supporting thoughts that are based in truth, that are going to help us get where we want to go. And that's what we're gonna learn in the next lesson. So I want you to know, just because you think it doesn't mean it's true and doesn't mean you have to accept it. In the next lesson, I'm gonna help show you how you can transform your thoughts and your emotions to work with you instead of against you. I know this was a big lesson, and I know that It's really hard to get across in a short amount of time. Um, We are going to keep circling back around this. We're going to talk about this in those accountability sessions. You have handouts that are going to help you recreate new stories. Come back and watch the next video right after this about the action plan behind this. And then we're going to touch again on this in lesson six because this stuff matters. This is influencing your metabolism more than anything that you do. This is changing your energy level. Over half of your energy is coming from structures based on this. 
So remember, your beliefs determine your thoughts, your thoughts determine your actions, and your actions determine your outcome. You cannot just hack into your body with behavior modification. We have to go back to those beliefs to make it last. And trust me, it's easier than you think. Okay, come back to the next video. Okay, I mean, it's a good lesson, right? Like it really starts to make sense of health in a new way, bringing in an additional element that I hope gives you a little bit of a breather to understand that all of the things you tried in health are not at fault of your body or the system. But when we narrow health down to just the body, we miss what it really takes to get there. And that includes your mind. So of course, the, the action plan, unfortunately, is not getting posted here, but that's inside Health Made Simple. So if you really wanna learn how to take action, to build new stories, to change your beliefs, we walk through all of that over at thelivingwell.com. The reality is, is there's not a lot of things we can control in life. But one thing we can control is our perspective and our mindset. But this takes understanding the two minds, the logical mind, the thinking mind, and the observing mind, all of which we get into inside Health Made Simple. So head on over there, check it out. There's tons of bonuses, and that class is starting live in just a couple of weeks. However, if you're listening to this later, you can always sign up for Health Made Simple. And once you're in, you get to take the live classes for free forever. So it is kind of a perk of you're not really missing anything because we'll always go through it live in a couple of months or or even early next year. So there will be more opportunities. But if you're listening to this when it just posted, get inside because it's going to be really good. Head on over to thelivingwell.com to sign up for that and get started. Now, I do want to tell you that there will be no new podcast posted here at Made for Living Well for the next month or month and a half. In fact, the next series is not set to come out until the first week in June, and that is when we launch the Sex Talk. We are working crazy behind the scenes trying to prepare the best series we can on sexual wellness for you, and it's literally taking all of our energy and effort. And in honor of bringing the best quality information, I decided to take the next month and month and a half off to put my complete focus into the sexual wellness series launching the summer. So don't go anywhere. Make sure you hit subscribe wherever you're listening. That way you'll be informed when the latest episode drops inside that new series. And it is going to be mind blowing. So stay tuned for that. And I'll see you back here very soon.